I am one of your hosts, Pastor Dave Rudot. It is awesome to be with you today. I'm very glad uh, you're listening to this podcast. Today we're talking about delivering us from evil and the problem of suffering, uh, which is very relatable. It doesn't matter how much suffering you're enduring, whether you're enduring more suffering than your neighbor or less suffering than your neighbor, you still are suffering in some way. Why are we praying deliver us from evil? How does God deliver us from evil? Why doesn't God just destroy the world and begin a new um what about what happens when you ask why for too long to God? Why is this happening? Sometimes we call, I call that the well of why. You're just peering down into this bottomless pit and not feeling comforted. What do you do when you're sitting in that situation? All of that is talked about in the podcast for today. This podcast is meant to be a beginning of a conversation between you and I about living faith and real life. And so I encourage you, if there's something that you are asked a question about, something that um, you're not sure about what I'm saying, you have some comment you want to bring, uh, some insight you want to share, I welcome those. So uh, please email castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can go on Facebook and comment underneath the Facebook um, post of this particular podcast. You can uh, see me in person at Emanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley, Wisconsin. You can also talk to Will Harley. He uh, appreciates those kinds of comments as well at St. John in Maribel. Again, this is meant to be a podcast where we are having a conversation about real life and living faith. If you like this podcast, give us a review. Uh, give us a couple of stars. And I assure you, I promise you, we won't let it get to our heads. We might let it get to our heads if you give us five stars. So don't give us five stars. Maybe give us four stars because then we know that we can still work on it and improve on something that we're, we're not perfect. Don't give us five stars. Give us four and, and a review. And this actually helps the algorithm of the Internet uh, make sure that other people listen to this as well. If this is helpful to you, that means it's going to be helpful to at least 10 other people out there. So – Give us a review, and let's go right into our topic of delivering us from evil. Aside from horror movies, our culture does not like to dwell on evil. It took a catastrophe on 9-11 for many to realize that there is actually evil in this world. And that acute awareness of evil works for a time. But people grow numb to this, don't they? Uh, A war breaks out, and now we are acutely aware of evil, but they grow numb. Ukraine is still a devastating event, but how aware of it are we? How often don't we just turn our attention to something else like the NFL draft? Another tragedy happens, and the cycle continues. We're aware of it for a while, and then it fades off. 
The Bible tells us the truth. Every Christian faces evil. Evil is not over somewhere in some foreign country. It's not in our big cities. It is not in some third world country halfway around the world. It is here. It is in your life. Jesus tells us that we will face evil. We know this because he teaches us to pray, deliver us from evil. That's the prayer of every Christian. As believers in Jesus, we look forward to and long for the time when our Father will deliver us from all evil by taking us home to be with him in heaven. But until that time, we are living in a world which has been aptly described as a veil of tears. So then, it is only natural for us to pray for our Father's deliverance. You don't have to be a great thinker or a great philosopher or a great theologian to realize that the world we live in is far, far from perfect. There is evil present in the world. Everything has a flaw in it. Every person has a flaw in them. Nothing is perfect. While nature can give us very beautiful and breathtaking scenes, it isn't perfect. Rain that brings nourishment on plants can also bring destruction. The sun can provide wonderful warmth but too much sun and lawns are scorched. The wind which cools us on hot summer day can also destroy our property in tornadoes. Fire, which we use to prepare our foods and heat our homes, can also destroy the very homes we live in. Evil can be found in the human race. Although mankind, humankind, was created in the image of God being perfect and holy, mankind, humankind, did not remain perfect. Its very nature is corrupt, and corruption is evident. It's evident in how we deal with one another. How many people haven't been hurt in this world? How many people have not also hurt us? The sharp and outspoken tongue of others can really do some damage, can't it? How many hard feelings have been caused by the mistakes of others? How many armies haven't marched? How many people haven't been killed? Because of the nature of mankind, humankind, slash humankind. Take a look at all the prisons, jails, and number of policemen that are needed in this world. All of these are witnesses to the fact that humankind, mankind, slash, is evil. Every time that I drop off my kids at school, I'm reminded that the human race is evil. Especially when we were living inside the city and we had to drop our kids off at the public schools, there was always police cars patrolling the streets around the schools. They are there to protect our kids from evil. Although, most of the time, they're protecting the kids from impatient parents. Nevertheless, it was awesome that they were there. This serves as a reminder to me, and it should serve as a reminder to you, that this world that has evil in it. We look at the evil which the human race is willing to inflict upon each other. We understand just how true Job's words are in Job chapter 14 when he says that man born of woman is a full days and full of is a few days and full of trouble. Not even the church of God is free from the influence of evil. Even here among God's redeemed and sanctified children there are hypocrites. People who say they are children of God on Sunday, but then the rest of the week or the rest of Sunday, show that they're not really God's children. They do terrible things to one another and to their families. 
Pastors have been trained in counseling because their members are capable of doing evil on one another. No church is free from evil. Every church has hypocrites because every church deals with evil. Every Christian church deals with evil. Jesus has taught us to pray, deliver us from evil. With these words, we are asking our Heavenly Father to deliver us from every evil that threatens body and soul, property, and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, to grant us a blessed end and graciously take us from this world of sorrow to himself in heaven. How did this world get so messed up? How did this world become a veil of tears? What's the source of all this evil? We know that in the beginning, when God created the world and everything in it, the world was perfect. God did not create this world with evil in it, nor is God the source of evil. He is perfect and holy. He is the source of all that is good. The source of evil, then, is not God, but Satan. The Bible tells us that he who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The third chapter of Genesis tells us how evil enters this world. In this chapter, we hear how Satan deceived our first parents. By listening to his voice, our first parents brought sin into this world, and through sin brought evil into this world. And after Adam and Eve fell into sin, God told them what the consequences of sin would be. He told them that uh, the man, for the Adam, the ground would be cursed and would produce thorns and thistles. He told Eve that she would have great pain when she bore children. God also told man that he would have to work hard to earn his living. God further told our first parents that their life of sorrow and pain would end in death. Sometimes people ask if God is not the source of evil, and if God is so powerful as you say, why doesn't he destroy the evil and begin anew? There are many different aspects of answering that question. The first thing we need to ask is, how does evil normally get into our lives? The Bible reminds us that because we are sinful and we live in a sinful world, that we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Sometimes the evil that we suffer is the result of our own sinfulness. If we're careless, for example, we have an accident or we get hurt, the pain that we suffer is the result of our own carelessness or our inability to be perfect at something. If we disobey the commandments of God and we have to suffer because of it, such suffering is the result of our own disobedience. We think of the earthly consequences for sin, for example. You look at pornography and now you can't function in on the, in the marriage bed as you did before. You uh, abuse alcohol and then get in the car and drive, and now all of a sudden you have um, a car accident or uh, the cop pulls you over. Those are, sometimes those are earthly consequences or earthly results of the sin that we have done. It is not punishment for sin because Jesus has taken all the punishment for sin, but it's a, a consequence, a, a, a result, something that we have to deal with and address as we deal with the evil that comes into our lives. And we'll talk about the four ways that God uh, uses evil in just a bit. Other times we suffer pain as a result of the sins of others. A husband sins in his anger and brings evil to his wife or his children. A co-worker embezzles money from the company and you lose your job. That's suffering as a result of another person's disobedience. The third way that evil comes to us is because of where we are. Maybe as a result of a drought, we have a crop failure. We may take good care of our bodies, yet we still become ill. We suffer the loss of a loved one who has died. 
Such suffering may not be the direct result of our own sinfulness or the sinfulness of others, but they are a reminder that there is evil in this world, and sorrow and suffering are the results of such evil. This last week, suffering and the hidden will of God permeated the ministry here at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley. Whether it was confirmation class or Bible class or worship on Sunday, this topic the idea of suffering and why does God allow suffering to happen to his people came up on more than one occasion. First of all, we have to understand what is evil? How does the Bible define evil? Certainly the devil is evil, but evil, especially in the seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches us to deliver us, uh, to pray to God to deliver us from evil, evil is meant more than just the devil and his evil angels, but anything in this world attached to sin. Uh, maybe it's our own sinful nature. Deliver us from our sinful nature uh, that's uh, pestering us and that's plaguing us, that's leading us down paths that we don't like. We think of evil in terms of our own bodies wearing out and uh, the disease and um, cancer. Those are evil. We think of any hardship that we are doing as we're trying to do what God has called us to do, and there's a hardship in our way, uh, of some sort or another, deliver us from evil. Martin Luther is in his explanation to delivering us from evil in the small catechism. He says, in conclusion, we pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would deliver us from every evil that threatens body and soul, property and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, grant us a blessed end and graciously take us from this world of sorrow to himself in heaven. That last part of Luther's explanation is a part that really resonates with us when we pray, deliver us from evil. But there's more. There's more to deliver us from evil. We know that Jesus is going to deliver us from evil when he calls us to be with him in heaven. We know he's going to deliver us from evil when he comes again on the last day and gives us glorified bodies that will no longer be corrupted by sin and will last forever. However, deliver us from evil, there's more than that. There's four revealed ways that God tells us how he delivers us from evil. The first one is found in Psalm 91, verses 9 and 10, which reads, Yes, you, O Lord, are my refuge. If you make the most high your shelter, evil will not overtake you. Disaster will not come near your tent. So the first way that God eliminates or delivers us from evil is by eliminating the evil in the first place that keeps us from that evil from happening in the first place. We think of a near miss in a car uh, situation. Two cars are coming and they're supposed to hit each other, but now miraculously, unexplainedly, Something happens so that those two cars don't hit. God delivering us from evil, keeping the evil from us. The second way uh, that God delivers us from evil is from Romans 8, verse 28. Maybe you know Romans 8, 28 by memory. We know that all God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The idea of God using uh, evil for our good, that he's twisting something terrible that happens to us, but he's able to creatively make that work for our eternal good. I know in my own life, uh, I'll just share you a personal story. My father passed away when I was 21. That was a, that was a suffering. That was a, a bad thing that happened. But God miraculously used that 
for my good. Was that the only reason why God allowed that to happen? That's where we're getting into the well of why later on. But God reveals in his word, those are the two ways that he delivers us from evil. First, prevents it completely. Secondly, uh, he would work it out toward our good. Thirdly, we find in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. So let me look that up in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy 8, verse 5, sorry. Deuteronomy 8, verse 5. So know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. God may use even evil to discipline us. That's different from punishing us for our sins. Jesus took on all of our sin on the cross. There is no sin left whatsoever. Uh, I gotta get this. There's no sin left whatsoever. So we don't have to worry about suffering for our sins, but God may use difficulty and hardship to turn us back to him, to, to, to lead us to realize more and more his great love for us, to maybe lead us to depend on his word more and more. This is uh, a difficult statement of evil. Why, how could God allow bad things to happen to us so that we would uh, grow stronger spiritually because of it, that we would depend on his promises more uh, because of it? The, the scripture is filled with individuals whom God has disciplined. And it's not because they've committed some certain sin that they're being disciplined, that it's the gravity of the sin that's causing God to discipline them, but more of God wanting them to be close to him and wanting them to experience uh, the greatness of his love, uh, experience through trusting in the promises of God rather than what we see or what we perceive. So that's the third way that God uses evil. The fourth way that God uses evil is in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Let me look that up. 12, verse 9. It goes like this. This is the Lord speaking to the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul is asking that God would deliver him from evil, to take the hardship of the thorn in his side away from him. And God says, And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will be glad and boast all the more in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may shelter me. Here, the Apostle Paul is is praying that God would give him strength, or he is not praying, but he's testifying that God gave him strength to endure underneath this hardship of, of suffering, of the pain in his side. God delivered Paul from evil by giving Paul the strength to endure uh, the suffering. Those are the four revealed ways that God has uh, delivered us from evil. Now, the crux of the matter is, is when we are facing suffering, which of those four is it? Which of those four is God delivering us from evil? when evil happens to us, when we pray, deliver us from evil. Which one? And this gets into the uh, hidden will of God, the part of God's will that isn't revealed to us. Maybe it's one of those four. Maybe it's two of those four. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's 
about someone else and God is saying, you know what, He's, this individual is, has the strength and I will be with them and I will walk them through this, this suffering because the suffering that they are enduring is actually uh, helping someone else. This is where we get to the, the well of why where God doesn't reveal to us why something happens. And the more we peer down into the well, the more deeper that we see that well, the the less we see the water, the less that we are refreshed, the less that we are comforted, um, we are mystified sometimes why God allows suffering to happen. Job, in our Bible class, is definitely one of those people who is mystified why God allows this suffering to happen to him. And so, dear Christian, as you're uh, taking in this message today, as you're reflecting on suffering and hardship that you're living in this world, because you're living in this world, focus on the four revealed reasons why God allows something bad to happen. And those four revealed reasons why God will deliver you from evil. Focus on what God has revealed. What God hasn't revealed won't leave you satisfied, won't give you the answer. So many times people say, well, there's always a reason. There's always a reason something bad happens. And dear Christians, sometimes uh, even Christians who are strong in their faith are going to be like Job, peering down into the well of God's why. When they should be focusing on God's revealed word. Let's focus on his revealed word, which tells us how much he loves us, that tells us that he's going to deliver us from all evil at the end of time, who tells us that we are close to him, that he has made us his own, that he uh, holds us in his hand, that, that's a sermon from last Sunday where the, the, uh, uh, Jesus walking among that, among the seven lampstands, among his church. There he is. That's where we get the comfort, uh, from the revealed word of God and not from the unrevealed word of God, the hidden God, that well of why that doesn't refresh, that doesn't give us any sort of comfort, but instead just leads us wondering and eventually um, kind of getting angry, like Job got angry at God. Go back to the, the written word. When you are suffering, uh, there you will find comfort. There you will find strength. There you may find answers. You may. There may be. It, you, it may be clear to you which one of the four it is, or maybe it's uh, two of them. Maybe when you get to heaven, you'll find out, like Job, it was for some other different, completely different reason why this suffering happened. Either case, your God loves you because of what he has revealed to you in his word. So we've taken a, a, a more detailed look into that question, why doesn't God de- uh, destroy evil and begin anew? We looked at how evil comes into our world, and we look at how God delivers us from that evil. Um, ultimately, why doesn't he do certain things, or why does he allow certain things to happen to us, is a well that we can't permeate, we can't uh, get enough comfort and sustenance and refreshment from it by going down that well. But we go to God in his word, and he reminds us that ultimately, at the end of all things, he will deliver us from evil, that we have a new heaven and a new earth to look forward to, uh, where there will not be evil in this world, 
that uh, we will not be corrupted by sin. Instead, we will be in the presence of our God forever and ever. And so when Jesus teaches us to pray, deliver us from evil, there's so much to unpack, so much for us to consider in this wonderful, wonderful petition of the Lord's Prayer. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Next week we will conclude the Lord's Prayer with the doxology and the